brought to you by Pabst Blue Ribbon. Gold medal winner at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. When you're this good, quality always comes through. PBR Me ASAP. All right, Judge Zolgat, let's go down to Fort Myers, Florida, where Derek Wetmore in a, in a wind tunnel this morning. Derek, are you there? Is there a tornado ripping through Hammond Stadium? Is it, is it that bad? Uh, it was. When I, when I potted you wind, up Derek. at first, it sounded like there was a train coming from behind you, but I think uh, yeah. okay. I, I asked, I asked, uh, I asked Dave just before we jumped on if it was going to be too bad. I didn't mention that there's a tropical storm blowing through, but uh, he said it might be okay. Yeah, it's called Byron Buxton and his early start to spring training. It's called Byung-Ho Park. I was going to say it might be Hitting bombs all over Florida, baby. Changed his name, and now he's going great. Hey, let's start on that. We want to ask you where Joe Maurer should bat in the lineup and what Paul Molitor said. And people can find all your coverage on 1500ESPN.com, the Touch Em All podcast. uh, Updated multiple times every week with content and new episodes. But Byung-Ho Park... Kind of an afterthought because he was a Terry Ryan signing for a team that was supposed to contend. He had injury issues. He struck out all the time. Just didn't quite look like a major league hitter last year. Then they DFA'd him off the 40-man roster. So he's a non-roster invitee to spring training. But he's off to a hot start, and there's not a whole lot of competition for that DH spot. So where where do you see Byung-Ho Park in these next few weeks? Yeah, well, Tropical Storm Byung-Ho has a decent chance to be the DH. He is a non-roster guy, so I would not put him as the favorite. In fact, I just published a column a couple of days ago where I basically said Kenny Vargas is the favorite, Byung-Ho Park has a chance, and then there's some outsiders, whether you're talking about Ben Paulson or if you're talking about like a longer shot like Danny Polka. I, I mean, I definitely think Vargas has the inside track because he's on the roster, but from Park's perspective, he's acquitted himself extremely well these first couple of games. He went two for two the first night here at Hammond Stadium on Friday. Uh, one of those could have been a home run. The other one was. And uh, yesterday, too, he pulled a 96-mile-an-hour fastball over the left field fence. And if you remember the thing about Park last year, all of his power was to center field. So if he didn't get absolutely all of it, some balls can die in the warning track, die in the spacious center field at, at um target field but yesterday he showed off some pull power and it was against the high heat which was one of the things he struggled with last year so long way of answering your question he's definitely got a shot and the first couple of days are nothing but encouraging for park so derek what should be the excitement about this though because we've certainly seen guys in spring training get off to good starts and we've certainly seen guys have great springs and then tail off should we should there actually be Uh, some thought put into what he's doing here as far as being a positive, or is this more of a, okay, it's a good start, but but you've got weeks to go, and there's certainly the potential that once a pitcher starts to take this more seriously, it's going to get more difficult for a park. Well, as with all things, it's kind of a little bit of both. To me, it's, yes, patience, hold on, let's see what the first couple of weeks of games look like. Remember, it's still five weeks away from opening day. Right. But... But the sign of encouragement, though, Judd, is last year he struggled so badly against fastballs, and that was that was kind of the story that, okay, well, he's coming over from Korea where he was an MVP slugger, and he's he was a superstar there, but they don't quite have the same stuff. They that, that league that he was playing in, the KBO, it just doesn't have the big velocity that the major leagues has. It doesn't have the sharp slider. So the thought was, well, let's see how he adjusts to fastballs, and from my personal opinion, I don't think he adjusted very well 
his numbers against big fastballs last year were not very encouraging. And so that is why it's a, it's not just a quick blip on the radar. That's why Judd, I think this is a legitimate ray of hope. The fact that the ball left the yard against a 96 mile an hour fastball and not just like squeaked over the fence, he raked it over the left field fence. So if you're a right-handed hitter and you're pulling a big fastball like that, it means timing is not a huge issue. It was one pitch, so I, I, like I said at the beginning, let's kind of just wait and see how this plays out. But it's not like some fluke where he just jumped on and got on top of a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. You turn around something like that, you're doing something right with your hands and your swing. So I think that's a really encouraging sign for the Twins. Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers. Okay, I'm going to say something about Joe Maurer, and then you can tell me if I'm off my rocker. I know Joe Maurer and his spot in the batting order have been topics of conversation down there at uh, Hammond Stadium. He, against right-handed pitching last year, reached base at a 383 clip. Against lefties, a 291 clip. So 100 points difference almost in on-base percentage against righties and lefties. That Three years ago, he was great against both. His skills have eroded in a lot of different ways. He's getting older. I would bat Joe Maurer leadoff against right-handed pitching, and I would move him down to the bottom third of the order against left-handed pitching, or I wouldn't play him at all against some left-handed pitching. Your thoughts? I think you are spot on with that. Um, I don't think it means that you're not off your rocker. I still think you are off your rocker. But in this one sure, case, you your opinion holds hold sound. Yeah. Um, I think he's just a different hitter against lefties versus righties. And that's one of the things that's been amazing about his career is for so long, he was not only an excellent overall hitter, his numbers really didn't drop off against lefties. He was, I mean, supremely talented, and that's pretty rare for a left-handed hitter to have such good numbers against lefties. But let's face facts. The new reality is not, you know, 2009. It's not 2013. In 2017, I think you're going to see a different hitter, which is not as high caliber of a hitter. Against right-handed, hit, uh, against right-handed pitching, he did get on base all the time, and he was still great. He had the great month of May. He had a surge late in the summer before he got hurt again. So it's not to say that that excellent hitter has entirely disappeared, but we're just seeing shades of it now compared to what we were used to seeing years ago. He's just a different hitter against lefties, too. I just His numbers dropped off so much last year. You mentioned it was almost 100 points difference in his on-base percentage between lefties and righties. Batting average, similar story. He had 224 against lefties last year. 224 against a left-handed pitcher is not what I want to see at the top of the order if I'm the Twins. Um, so I would try to keep that, uh, try to keep that as buried in the batting order as I possibly could. Or honestly, Phil, I think you're going to see him rested a lot against left-handed pitching this year. Paul Molitor said yesterday it's not going to be against every lefty, but when he's looking for a day for him which I think will be at least once a week, probably sometimes more, it's going to come against left-handed pitching. I I think there's no doubt about that. He's just so much stronger from the right side. Derek, I get the sense, uh, too, from uh, talking to some people, uh, that the Twins definitely have a plan to play Joe uh, quite a bit. He's going to rest, certainly. But I think the one curiosity that they have and that I don't know if it's been addressed with him, and certainly it's not been talked about publicly yet, is the fact that when he does play against lefties, that he is probably going to bat 7th, 6th, or 7th. And I think they're very interested to see how he takes that. Because I think from a pride standpoint, it would almost be easier in their minds uh, to rest him in those games completely and then bring him off the bench, for instance. 
But I do think we're going to get to a few games here where there will be situations where he will uh, he will bat in places that he has never hit before, and that they're very curious to see how he reacts to that. Yeah, the ego's a fascinating wrinkle to this whole thing. I talked with Paul Molitor and with Joe Maurer about this situation, and the the sense that I'm getting is that they've started to talk about about playing time, about how much rest is the optimal amount of rest for the season. But the elephant of the room hasn't quite been addressed, at least not in full, based on what I can tell. Maurer said that their conversations, even though they've been quick, I mean, have basically been, how can we get the most out of Joe Maurer this year? And to me, I think that incorporates an awful lot of rest. Um, I don't think he's going to be an everyday player, but when I brought up that that thread, that idea with Maurer, he, I don't want to say that he scoffed at it, but he definitely was, um, he was surprised by the notion. He was surprised by the fact or by the thought that, um, you know, this, this, let's call it what it is, this once great hitter would then be relegated to some kind of a part-time role or not be an everyday player. He said that's not in line with the conversations he's had with Molitor, which is basically to say that they're trying to maximize his value any way they can. I just don't know the exact formula. I don't, frankly, I don't know if they have a number of games circled in their head or a number of plate appearances. I just think it's probably going to be less than the track that he was on for the first half last year before he got hurt. Uh, for the record, he did. I'm looking this up. In 2004, when he was a rookie, and when he was, what, 20 years old or 21, and Garden Hire used to like to put the the, the up-and-coming Byron Buxton-type players, although he never managed Buxton, but the Joe Mowers, and put him in the bottom third, Delman Young, just to get him feeling good about themselves. Joe Mowers started 15 games as the number eight spot in the lineup. All right. And six times as the number seven spot in the lineup. In 2005, he actually batted sixth once. And then he's batted first, second, third, and fourth a number of times. But for the most part, he's been a, a number two and a number three hitter his whole career. So you could say, hey, listen, just 2004 was a great year for you. You batted eighth a bunch of times. It'll do, yeah. We're just going to turn back the clock. The, hey, we're going back to when the Twins were greatly successful in 2004. Get, you're to just gonna Get to know him. Get to know him. You're going to hit eighth. Yep. <laughs> Something to be said about experience, boys. What's your best guess as to where Byron Buxton, if he, assuming that he breaks camp as the opening day starting center fielder and he looks great at the plate, early on here, looks very comfortable. Is he going to be a bottom third of the order guy until he shows it against Major League Pitching in April, May, or do you think they start him off right around number one, number two in the order? He will be the opening day center fielder, barring an injury, and if it goes the way it's going in spring so far and the way he closed last season, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the leadoff hitter, too. Mm. Uh, Byron Buxton has the ability to be that on-base guy. We just haven't seen it for long stretches in the big leagues. The interesting thing about his career arc, though, Phil, he could bat just about anywhere if he fulfills some of the promise that scouts think he still possesses. Uh, To me, if he does get on base the way he was in September – that's who you want as a table center. I'd bump Brian Dozier down and put his, you know, he had 42 home runs last year out of the leadoff spot. A lot of them were solo shots. You want to try to get some guys on base in front of him, if at all possible. So I might look at a situation if Buxton has a good spring and proves that last September was no fluke. Maybe he hits towards the top and you want to get a look at uh, Brian Dozier and Miguel Sano in the three, four spots. There's some interesting things that Paul Molitor is going to be able to do with his lineup. I know for a fact that he's going to play matchups ready versus lefty. He's going to try to figure out 
the best way to beat those guys. And it's kind of a wait and see with Buxton. I don't think they have him written in pen, but I know that they are certainly considering him for the top third of the order if he continues to be the player that we've seen recently. All right. Good stuff. Derek Wetmore. Go inside, Derek. Yeah. Get out of that wind. Sitting in the shade, I got to avoid the of course, sun and the wind. Of too. course, you do. <laughs> oh, no question about it. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. You can find by Thanks, Derek. Guys. You can find Derek's coverage of Twin Spring Training at fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and the Touch 'Em All podcast, the world renowned, one of the top twenty Twins podcasts in the Twin Cities now. Is I'm it hearing. really a top? It's twenty now. It's the moved top into the twenty of Twins podcasts. Echelon, top twenty. Yep. yep. Paps Blue Ribbon is always smooth, always refreshing, and the perfect choice at the game or out with friends. And now, add gold to the great PBR tradition, because Paps Blue Ribbon was awarded the gold medal for American-style lager at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. That makes four gold medals for PBR in the last 11 years. Not bad. It's that gold medal taste that has made Paps Blue Ribbon a Twin Cities favorite. When you're this good, quality always comes through. Go for the gold. PBR me ASAP.